So in today's episode, we want to cover off an amazing model that helps us in our workplaces. And um, Lena has developed this model and we want to give, give you kind of an overview of that and, and just talk through the benefits that can bring to an organization such as yours and just the way that it affects um, well-being in, in a culture and in an organization. Beyond Wellbeing, leading a thriving, generative and conscious workplace culture with Daryl Brown and Lena Mberku. Yes, uh, this model is uh, the macro leaders model and uh, it's, uh, it's really exciting to actually talk about it today in the context of well-being because uh, with the pandemic that is affecting us at the moment and uh, the looming recession, I think that um, this model is more helpful than ever to really navigate the complexity and the uncertainty of our times. And um, the model is actually an acronym. So uh, MACRO stands for mindfulness, authenticity, courage, resilience, and openness. And together they create this idea of a macro model of the world, of having this systemic vision of the organization, but also the context in which we are living in. That's awesome. That's amazing. So tell us about the kind of the genesis behind this, this model and, and just how that's, um, how that's beginning to and, and affecting the organizations you're bringing this to. Mm. Yeah, this model was born a few years ago um, to synthesize the practices that I was using in my own life and that I have found useful and that I have started introducing to my coaching clients. And I could see the amazing results that it created for them. Um, so I was trying to find a way to combine all the things that I cared about. And I started with mindfulness because that's the backbone of everything I do. And then all the other words came cascading underneath and I, I realized that I was creating this very neat acronym. Um, and um, yeah, the way that it helps organization is quite phenomenal because mindfulness is also at the core of every other practice that is part of the model. And once you start developing attention to what people are doing or saying and um, understanding the impact of whatever you're doing in the workplace, I think it generates another way of being not only for yourself, but in relation to each other, because we all operate with blind spots. So the moment you uh, bring a bit more light to what used to be in the dark before, that light of consciousness is what makes a difference. Yeah, now I can imagine that in an organization, and certainly in businesses that I've been a part of, um, you kind of sometimes you just go in, you know, with your blinkers on and you're kind of just putting your head down 
and you can't you really anybody else any other interactions are almost disruptions and um, stop you being um, I don't know being able to, to do the kind of work that you need to do and and there's, there's sometimes there's kind of um, fear attached to that as well like you know, if I if I don't do this, then I'll get in trouble, and um, there's that kind of thing that can go on, and that that um, doesn't give us a lot of space, does it? When when we're thinking about, I don't know, the bigger picture of of the business and or the organisation, and and how we're making impact or how we're working together or anything like that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. People tend to be, you know, somatic pilots and uh, uh, there are so many studies that show that 80% of what people do at work is not adding, adding value. So uh, I think it's quite important to start bringing attention to that because by focusing on where we bring in value, I think it changes the way we work and the way we live. That's awesome. So we can spend a whole bunch of time looking at this mindfulness idea and concept and how that can work in the workplace. Maybe we'll put that into another episode. Mm. So let's have a look at some of the other aspects of the model. Um, I, I love this second word. Authenticity. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I like yes. that. Because what do you like about it? I think it's really freeing in some ways, you know, because often when again in a workplace or in any other kind of group setting you kind of walk in and you kind of put a you put a mask on you put a face on oh this mm. is how i'm supposed to act this is how i'm supposed to dress or and this is how i've got to come across to look like i'm in control all that kind of stuff but when we know when we're comfortable with the fact that we're capable that we're actually not bluffing our way into a position and where we're when we start recognizing that other people in the organization are also human beings mm. well, they're not necessarily even in quote marks <laughs> they're actual human beings then it takes a lot of pressure off like you know if 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 actually i'm allowed to be myself be authentic um yeah that kind of there seems to be a lot of freedom in that and it just takes the weight off my shoulders that's that's kind of my feeling with that word anyway yeah indeed and it's true that uh, a lot of organizations are now moving towards having more conscious and authentic conversations so uh, i know that atlassian for example um has installed those check-ins uh, at the beginning of meetings where people are invited to really share what's truly going on for them. And that's very liberating because again, with this time of COVID um, and isolation and uh, the fact that people are experiencing a lot of stress or anxiety, or they may have uh, other issues that partner may have lost their job or uh, they may not be able to go and see relatives overseas and um, all that is creating a lot of pressure on people and rather than bottling that up and pre pretending that everything is okay I think it's very healthy to be able to share without oversharing but just to share 
what is truly there so that people are aware and can also navigate around that and make space for that. Um, and, uh, and usually when something is out, it's actually much easier to work with it than, than when it's not said. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can understand that too from a, from a productivity point of view or, or in a space where you've got to be creatively problem solving and that kind of thing. If your mind is fully occupied in another place, and we, mm. that's kind of the unmindful way, but also, you know, if, if you're then having to kind of put on a show, um, get, that's certainly not going to be very productive. Yeah, indeed. And, um, and I think that another point is, um, that if you can reveal what's um, aligned with your values and your purpose, and if you can be closer to your essence, that's what also helps you to develop your potential and flourish and thrive, rather than pretending to be somebody that you're not and not living your truth and therefore not bringing all that you are to the organization. So the, if you're not authentic, you're only bringing a very small part of who you are to work. And that's not what's conducive to innovation or to, col to true collaboration. So mm -hmm. I think that companies would, I mean, definitely highly benefit when people are able to bring their full self to work. Yeah, absolutely. All right. This next one is a scary one for me. <laughs> <laughs> Courage. <laughs> Why is it scary? I, I mean, I, I would prefer just to hide away. But like I'm not a great one with um, confrontation and I know that, you know, or, or conflict or anything like that. So the idea of being courageous is, is scary in that sense. But, but I can see that as a value to be able to, to suggest to an organization to your workforce that that um that even in if you're unsure or if you're a bit nervous about something that that um you can feel safe in bringing it forward and it just takes that small step you know to step into um bringing that forward and bringing that to the light shall we say mm. um, knowing that it will be handled well yeah that's true i think uh, psychological safety is extraordinarily important in organizations so that so that we can have whistleblowers so that we can have people that hold a mirror to say hey you said you were going to do this and i don't see you doing it or um is this really in your interest or in interest of the organization to act this way? Um, so just having those supportive people that are also able to remind us of who we are and what we said we would do or be, I think matters a lot. And you're right, like conflict can be scary, but when handled well, uh, there is extraordinary gold in conflict and uh, and it's definitely the source of deeper understanding and creativity. A lot of amazing ideas come from 
conflict resolution. Um, so it's worth investing the time in learning how to deal with conflict. And I think that once you have more tools, it's so much easier to be courageous because you know better how to navigate your way through difficult conversations in order to get to the common ground because there's always common ground. It's just a matter of finding it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think that um, courage, I, I love to remind people that it comes from the word cœur in French. So it is also about the heart. It is about um, finding the care in the conflict or finding the care when you're going to say something to someone that might be jarring for them, etc. Like, so to actually know how to be graceful as well as courageous. It's not just about being blunt and abrupt and um, breaking people's spirit. It, it is actually about really be caring about your delivery and the way that you are going to share your truth or your perspective and, and remind yourself that, that it is just your perspective. Yeah, so I, I imagine and I, I can see how sometimes even when we, we are communicating and we might think we're being courageous, but sometimes we can be just being a bully. Like mm. we, we've actually shut ourselves off to a point where, we, where we're not prepared to see the other point of view. I suppose the courage in that place is to be um, uh, somewhat vulnerable in, mm. in saying, look, this is this is how I see it, but I might not be right. And that's actually, uh, that's a harder place to get to in some ways, mm. I imagine. <laughs> like, well, I know, I kind of know it is, you know. It's easy to be a bulldozer and just, and then just, you know, walk out of the room and slam the door and before anyone gets a chance to say anything back. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't need to really generative. Uh conversations or relationships yeah so let's have a look at the next one just as we as we move through this and yeah. resilience um that's a, that's a big word today isn't it yes i think we hear it more and more because of course uh the current circumstances could i guess destroy our hope of ever bouncing back. <laughs> um, however, I think that even when you look uh, in the, Aust the Australian bush after the fires we had in December and January, and you can see the regrowth, you see that capacity that life has to, to keep bringing the new, to keep finding ways through, etc. And I really believe in in our human spirit and our capacity to adapt to any challenge that's that's thrown our way. So I think cultivating our capacity to to bounce forward or to bounce back um, are both really essential um, practices that have us feel more flexible and adaptable and less fearful of change or adversity because we know that we have the ability to come back 
potentially even stronger. Like, uh, there's, a, there's a buzzword at the moment uh, that's thrown around a lot, which is anti-fragility. And it's a really interesting concept that, that means that you, you build yourself to actually be stronger after you have experienced adversity. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. Mm. And, and we know that there's that kind of medical model as well, medical idea as well. When you break a bone, when it heals, that mm. part of the bone is stronger. Yeah, that's so it's right. the, the same yeah. idea, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a big deal, I think, resilience. Um, and, and again, that's part of that, you know, we we're talking before about courageous and even authentic, that that there's a there's a place where we need to be able to be comfortable with whatever might be coming up and whatever's whatever we could be facing and know that even as part of that I suppose that builds as, as you're talking about collaborating together that together as a group of people we can be resilient and we can know that we have the support of each other to get through this and it's interesting as you say over this time I've been um, working with an organisation um, that has reduced the working hours, but it's made a really big effort as part of its community together to be able to keep on all of the staff and keep keep them together and, and look for ways to be able to get through this together, you know, rather than yeah. that big hat job of just kind of zoom. So, um, but that's, that's kind of a, a way, I suppose, where organizations can help each other you know look look out for the for each other in that way absolutely i think that when human beings feel valued and when they feel like that there is trust and that there is care uh it brings the best out of us and, and people are then willing to find the ways to help each other be strong and thrive and carry on yeah awesome now you're the last in the macro model is open or open leaders so or tell, mm. us, tell us about what you mean by that yeah openness i guess one of my favorite ways of looking at it is uh through otto Schammer's uh theory U, and he talks a lot about having an open mind open heart and open will so with the open mind it is about um, having all these wide perspectives and and capacity to know that there is more than one truth and being open to new ideas and uh, and also like if you are asking a question to not necessarily jump to conclusions on uh, it is about reducing that voice of, of judgment. Uh, it is about really allowing things to, um, to emerge and to allow yourself to be surprised. And, um, and then there is the open heart, which is very much about a taboo word, I guess, in organizations, which is love. Yeah. Uh, but I guess organizations are more comfortable with the word care. Um, but it is truly about empathy and compassion and uh, being able to 
again, um, allow people to be who they are and, uh, and be okay with uh, difference and allow yourself to be inclusive and uh, really much um, cultivating that warmth within and that softness and that capacity to to embrace it all and the open will is about that determination and that ability to carry through action like to actually go for what like if something needs to be done to be able to to lead the way and model uh the behavior you want to see it is about stepping up and uh realizing that if something needs to be done you can be the one that does it uh you don't have to wait for somebody else to uh to show up so um yeah it is about very much being having agency i guess and uh and demonstrating leadership yeah that's fantastic Mm. i really love that I, i can see how um as you flow through each of these aspects that that hopefully that openness actually comes because it's almost like the the, the flourishing of a person isn't it in some mm. ways like where they're now able to express their full selves and be okay with other people doing the same thing and that's what you would really hope wouldn't you when when you're having an organization that you are each person is open to the other and open to hearing the ideas and that I know the power for me and, and seeing the power of a group of people working together and really able to be able to bring their best is quite profound. Like it's never one person's idea that finally makes it to, you know, the end stage. It's, it's kind of the collaboration together that brings out something that couldn't possibly, couldn't possibly have come from one like little source. Yeah, so it makes a big, big difference there. Well, there you go. That's a, that's a pretty good overview of the, the macro model in that sense. And have you, you've seen it at work within organizations? You've seen people take this up in some ways? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I ran it as a, a six weeks uh, program, and I could see the difference between um, the state of being people were in at the beginning and at the end. And uh, it's quite incredible because people report feeling more aware of themselves, but also closer to their teammates. They are more willing to take risks they are able to be more innovative because they are opening their mind to other possibilities that were not necessarily available to them before Um, you see them also softening and showing more of their vulnerabilities around each other which then give them more ground to connect and to really trust um each other more and therefore they do better work and they find it easier to approach each other while before they would not 
uh, there asking for an opinion or advice or some help, etc. Like they, they, they more tight knit and um, they also start looking after their health differently. Like they're starting to become more aware of what they eat, of uh, how much they drink of uh, how late they go to bed and things like that. Like they just like mini adjustments just because they're starting to put awareness on, on that as well. And, uh, and it's quite phenomenal actually to see them on the journey because it's a never ending journey, but you know, like once you put those seeds, it's quite phenomenal what, what happens when you nurture those seeds. Yeah. And you're talking about nurturing and that's, that's the big deal with what we're talking about in this podcast, isn't it, where we're talking about uh, organisational well-being, which is made up of individual well-being, which is made up of the team's well-being, mm. and it all comes from that. And you know, it's it's, it's around about optimising the well-being in a way to be able to bring out the best for the mission that you have as an organisation. Mm. So that's really exciting. Well, I'm looking forward to being able to dig in a bit deeper into each of these aspects so that we can understand, I suppose, their importance just on their own and um, just see how, how that can really add value to an organisation that takes it on as kind of part of its value system, I suppose. Mm. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah, I look forward to that. You've been listening to Beyond Wellbeing with Daryl Brown and Lena Mberku. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in uh, today and uh, we look forward to having you along uh, on our journey as we travel through and and work through this whole idea of of generating uh, an amazing workplace culture and um, bringing along the well-being of of our staff and our constituents as we go along. You know, we'll also be uh, talking with some uh, people. They've got got some interviews lined up with a new uh, conferences coming up all about workplace well-being, and uh, I'm sure you're going to enjoy that as well. So uh, as we continue to unravel these things and look what best look and find what best practices are and all of that kind of thing, and, and just bringing the the best out of our people then I'm sure that you're going to want to stick around and um, come along on that journey with us. All right, check you next time.